0: Good evening, loyal subjects, and welcome to the first episode of Not The Princes with your hosts, Will and Harry.
1: I am the first host of the evening, Harry, along with my gracious co-host. Me, that's me, that's Will. Uh, I'll be your second host of the evening, along with Harry, and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of video games a lot of the time. So, seeing as this is our uh, first episode, obviously there is like a little bit of tension, so i just ask, uh, Harry, how you doing? I'm doing alright, Will. I'm doing okay. How's your week been? Uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. I've been shitting myself continuously for about a week because I know we am going to record this. I'm a little bit nervous, but that's fine. It just means that you're a bit more cautious about the mistakes you make. It'll be fine. Exactly.
0: And we're both nervous about the mistakes we're going to make, but uh, I'm sure the loyal listeners who are here will uh, not mind
1: the cock-ups that we're going to make throughout the next half hour so, so, or so. so. Yeah, so our parents. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, thank you very much for listening, um, especially for choosing us. Um, I know there are going to be some people who are a bit more eager to hear, particularly from you and me, about this Uh, not even if it's about games us doing this kind of product, it's always nice to have that sort of support Um, but you know us just talking like this it it doesn't really mean anything unless we tell you what it's about so uh, Harry if you could explain this podcast to uh, the idle passerby go for it I'll do my very best uh, this podcast is uh,
0: the love child of both our admiration for video games, movies, pop culture uh, and cultural commentary as a whole. Uh, I had the privilege of starting working with Will a few years back and during our long shift slinging pints to the good people of Leicester we developed the idea of building a podcast together. We never actually got round to it and we've seen The opportunity of lockdown as a great time to start actually building our ideas into something material we're still working on writing our first few episodes at the moment and over the next few episodes the bulk of our content is going to be focused uh, on video gaming particularly on video gaming reviews and critiques but we're also thinking of throwing a few thematic bonus episodes
1: in there as well is there anything that you want to add to that, Will? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll happily say that the format of this uh, first episode might seem a little bit shaky to someone who might be a very like avid podcast listener. Um, but I will say, you know, we are, we are we're both quite new to this. Um, we are sort of still getting all, like our wings, I guess, about this sort of like it's a wonderful life type deal. But I, I think, um, especially once we get into the flow of things, it'll it'll go very easily, and we're going to have a lot of fun with this. And honestly, I, I can't always talk about video games with you because we already, we already do it too much anyway. Um, to a point where obviously, you know, we've had a, we've had a lockdown and I've been getting random messages from Harry. Just um, just last night, you sent me a message about why people have seemingly got the naming convention of things like the day before, The Last <laughs> of Us, the evening of, a, ja- a, a saunter into the dark.
0: I think that was as good a summary as the kind of shit talking that we're going to be doing of the gaming industry <laughs> uh, over the next few weeks. Um, well, what I think would be really good for our listeners. Um, particularly in season one we're going to be focusing largely on video games uh, why do you think why do, for you is gaming a, a good topic for us to focus on in our first season
1: I think because especially over the past few years people have been taking the medium a bit more seriously um, I don't think it all started with Shadow of the Colossus but um I, I hear it brought up the most in the com- in the question are uh, are uh, can we consider video games art? Uh, and considering a lot of people, it's it's so accessible nowadays. You can have it on even on your phone. I mean, I'm not saying that Angry Birds isn't a video game, like, but but you know, at the end of the day. <laughs> It is classified as okay we just lost a lot of listeners yeah thank you thank you very much for listening it's been really good good thing we're not getting paid for this um, <laughs> yeah so like I, I think the I, I think the fact that people can like look at something and consider it art. I mean you know the people look in art galleries and they see me like a box with like letters on it, and they'll go that's that's something that's deep there's 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 more meaning to this if you can look underneath the layers of a video game in that same aspect then surely it's something that we need to talk about. I mean, I can't imagine going to an art gallery myself and, you know, looking at a, a painting um, and just sort of going, oh, yeah, yeah, I, you know, like, I played my art. Uh, yeah, I watch that for, like, 20 minutes, maybe, like, and then just watch something else. Like, that's not how I, that's not how I, so, like, absorb things. I take a little deeper look, and then I find out I do hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really good point, um, and
0: just to follow on from what my co-host was saying, I have very similar opinions about gaming as an art form. Uh, for me, fundamentally, uh, as with all things, video games aren't created in a vacuum. Um, they are fundamentally reflections of their creators, they are reflections of the society in which they were created, they are reflections of trends that are present at the time that the game was being designed. There are very few mediums so interactive, so diverse, and so global that are worth this level of commentary. So,
1: I think we're ready to start talking about what the podcast today is going to look like, Will. What do you think? Uh, cool. So, to just to uh, start things off, I'll um, <laughs> be remiss if I said we haven't had a couple of caipirinhas. Uh, Harry has been a slave to these things, just Brazilian rum, <laughs> lime and sugar. It's ease attention quite a lot. He's currently finishing uh, his... Uh, we may go for another one soon but that's not what we're here to talk about Um, so this episode in particular is going to be talking about a little bit about ourselves get a gauge uh, of who we are from each other though that we know you might not know us personally you know you could be somebody listening from somewhere else completely and you have no idea who these two people are who have been shit talking uh, in a pub garden about cyberpunk for so long Not that anyone's not shit talking about Cyberpunk right now. (laughs) And that's an episode for another time. That is an episode for another time when I eventually play it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we're going to be talking a little bit about our backgrounds in gaming. um, And we're going to talk about those sort of moments in our lives where we felt maybe personally affected or like, you know, all those moments we knew we knew um, that gaming was truly something that we held maybe more dear than um, a piece of art in a gallery that you looked at for 20 minutes. So you may have already noticed in the description for this episode that there are timestamps. We feel like if you wanna skip around and listen to a certain section in particular, rather than listening to us uh, asking each other how we are, then that's completely fine. So what we have here is a, couple of sections giving you a gauge of where we're going to be in the episode at a specific time so uh, obviously we're going to be talking about um our backgrounds in gaming and it'll be listed as individual things so if you really don't care about um the, the when i was a child and my dad pulled a game boy cartridge on my game boy and uh, then you just skip past it because you know he didn't care either <laughs> Thank you very much Will,
0: and uh, so the three sections that we're both going to be covering uh, loosely today, uh, we're going to be talking about the first game that we felt was significant in our journey with video games, a little bit about our personal history with gaming as a whole, so in a much broader, diverse sense, uh, and we'll finalise by either shit-talking or complimenting a game that we're playing at the minute.
1: Is that all okay with you Will? That's fantastic. Uh, Then Harry, I've got to ask, what was the first game that was significant to you? What was the first game that was significant to me?
0: Now gaming's been a a really, really big part of my life uh, and that's certainly something that I'm going to get into talking about in the personal history. But if I had to talk about what game was first significant to me, anyone that knows me will know that I have been for the past two decades a shameless Valve shill. (laughs) I have no idea how old I was. I have no idea what the date was. But one birthday, I was gifted by my father the PS2 port of the original Half-Life game. Now, before I continue talking, if you are listening to this as someone that is becoming interested in gaming for the first time and you haven't had the pleasure of playing Half-Life 1, please immediately buy yourself a copy and play through it. It truly stands as for me a titan of gaming. But why was it significant for me? That's what we're here to listen to. I played the PS2 port. It was originally a PC game. And the PS2 port was, for lack of a better term, absolute shite. It's not very good, no. The control scheme was dreadful. I mean, on on PC, it's choppy as it is. So why did a young Harry Norris fall in love with this poorly ported PC game onto PS2? Now, Half-Life, I'm not going to teach you everything about the game. But if you don't know enough about it, it's a linear, single-player action adventure I suppose I would describe it as Yeah, no, actually that just sounds about right yeah they? you play a scientist Gordon Freeman who is a resident scientist at the Black Mesa Institute who after fucking up everything about his job manages to open up portals to another world through which aliens flood in the government then tries to cover this up by killing everyone involved I feel there's a certain topical point to be made there but I'll save that for another episode <laughs> as well <laughs> so why was this really significant for me This was the first time in gaming that I experienced what I would call immersion. It was the first time that young Harry Norris was sat there with his PS2 in his bedroom, which at the time was decorated like planet Mars. Half my wall was blue, half my wall was orange, and I had little stars all over the wall. It was was very fetching, I know. That's fantastic. I think that aided with the immersion in some way. And that was the first time that I experienced being truly immersed in a game. Whilst I was playing Half-Life, very, very little was going on around me except what was going on in that game. Gordon Freeman, the voiceless protagonist of the Half-Life series, became an extension of myself as I explored the winding corridors of the Black Mesa Institute and finally escaped through the world of Xeno. Now, if any of you have not played Half-Life and you're now frantically YouTubing gameplay clips of this game you will see it is extraordinarily dated. It's an old, old game. However, I think Will will be the first to agree with me that despite the fact that the game had about four polygons and ten pixels to its name, it was a stunning game for its time, not just in terms of graphics, but in terms of level design. Do you agree with me on that, Will? No,
1: I do. I um, it, it became a cornerstone for first-person shooters for a very long time to follow afterwards. Um, it was hard to compare a lot of things that came after Half-Life uh, not to Half Life, and as somebody who isn't as massive a Die Hard Valve fan as you, um, I I think the first Half Life is incredible. And I, I I only really played the first Half Life on PC and, uh, about a couple of years ago, um, and very minimally. Uh, I went through it just once, but I just it stuck with me. And the fact that a game can do that in this day and age, with all the bells and whistles that we have now, and Half Life was what it was when it was originally released. It's it's an incredible achievement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The fact that it still bears this much significance to this day. Um, I think one of the things that really stands Half-Life out from other first-person shooters that were coming out at the time, Half-Life roughly came out in the post-Doom era during which first-person shooters favoured mobility, um, the enjoyment of firing the actual weapons, and then Half-Life came along, and there are so many parts in Half-Life which are not fucking fun. It is (laughs) a punishing game. The AI, for its time, would deliberately root you out of cover with grenades and push you into awkward corners. You would enter entire segments of the level where the entire floor was just electrified water and you were rewarded for your ingenuity by realising that you could jump from item to item, avoiding the electrical damage of the water whilst also fighting off that incredibly scripted AI. Or you could do what young Harry Norris did and just fucking sprint through the electrified water, taking the damage and hoping there was a health pack on the other side. I'm not sure that's how the game was meant to be played, but fuck it, I got there in the end.
1: So we have youtube
0: absolutely so half-life was incredibly important for me and i think what it really marks for me is a transitionary period in my understanding of gaming and the best way that i can sum that up is by saying that that was when gaming moved for me from being something that i wasted my time with to being something that i occupied my time with gaming became an art form that i engaged with much in the same way that i engaged with books literature music and all other art forms around me
1: so the original um, half Lives was released in 1998, but the PlayStation 2 port, that was the one you played. Um, that was 2001. Um, so you've obviously had like quite a long history with gaming. I'm assuming even then you, you might not have got it at launch, but um, why don't you tell me about like the history of gaming that you've had up to today? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so my history with, with gaming as a whole is far more broad and far more diverse than just being tied to a singular game or a singular console. I think for me, the beginning of gaming really begins some miles outside the county of Leicestershire in a campsite called Kelling Heath uh, in which my family used to visit during its summers and part of Kelling Heath was very very long car drives during which I can imagine I was fucking insufferable to be in the car with and one of the ways that my family got to me to be quiet was by purchasing for me a bright blue Sega Game Gear Delish. Now I don't know if you remember the Game Gear
1: uh, Will but it's a, a monster of a machine. I am older than you i I do need to clarify that i'm very much an old soul i I am familiar with the game gear though i never owned one personally myself um i did have a friend back home who did have one um i play on it very minimally though so if anything what you're going to give me is an education
0: yeah absolutely Uh, i'm afraid i may disappoint you there in the sense that i can barely remember games that i played on my game gear beyond sonic i remember my father's frequent complaints about the fact that the gaming uh, handheld itself ate six AA batteries at a time wow. with a runtime of about two hours so during these long car journeys through which I was uh, playing Sonic <laughs> at a rate of 100 AA batteries per drive yeah. uh, I think I was single-handedly responsible for my family's financial troubles uh, later in the noughties <laughs> um, so handheld gaming was really significant for me um, and before I got into consoles and before I got into PC gaming um it was the game boy series that was uh really i think uh, an origin of gaming for all of us definitely yeah i I remember in primary school uh, i must have been in around year six Uh, i was fortunate enough that i was one of the first children in the year to get the game boy advance sp and i do not want to impress you too much listener but not just not just the Game Boy Advance SP, not just, not just but the-, the Game Boy Advance SP Tribal. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I won't lie to you, like, I'm giving him real fuck me eyes. You know. <laughs> now, if you don't know what the Game Boy Advance SP Tribal is, it's essentially a Game Boy SP with £50 added onto the price tag for a small black tribal decal on the back of the game, uh, game handheld game itself. And you might be thinking, was that worth it? Yes, it fucking was. was, It was (laughs) absolutely fucking worth it. So handheld gaming was really important for me. Um, I enjoyed my Game Boy Advance SP and I would go on to get uh, later gen consoles such as the PSP and the Nintendo DS as well. But when did I get into gaming outside of the handheld arena? Yeah, Uh, that was that was largely through my dad So my dad um is a sociologist and a historian and so he held a, a an academic interest i suppose in real-time strategy games a lot of which have been forgotten in this day and age i mean we've got age of empires reboot coming out yeah, soon that's true yeah that's which true. i'm super excited for but there's there a whole series of uh, rts's which had some fantastic releases in the early noughties like a uh, stronghold like uh, Cossacks. Um, really fantastic releases. Empire Earth. Um, I, I did also notice you had a uh, you had Dawn of War. Installed. Dawn of War, absolutely, yeah. Dawn Warhammer of War, Forty K, Dark Crusade, some really fantastic RTSs. Uh, and so I would go on my dad's computer and play through those RTSs. I was never very good at them, and I could never figure out what the campaign was, but I enjoyed them. Uh, I have one specific memory of when my father uh, threw a birthday party for me, uh, and I got in some trouble because around halfway through the party, they realised that I wasn't there. And I was found upstairs uh, on my dad's computer with the door locked, playing a game of Cossacks. That's um, so perfect. I know. Uh, I was interested in the fact that you could line up the characters in different formations. And so rather than hanging out with all my friends and eating cake, I was seeing how many <laughs> men I could make stand in a line. How, how old
1: were you, do you think?
0: That was about last year. No. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. Well, it's all gone into a blur. But to move on from my, my interaction with RTSs, I would then eventually get a PS1. Forgive me, listener, I don't have many formative memories of my PS1. Uh, Yeah, I, I was too young necessarily to remember. Um, I then got a PS2 at some point and that really, I think, was uh, a deep and unrelenting love for gaming. I played through my first single player experiences in the form of the Half-Life PS2 port. I played through Bully, the very first God of War, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, Ratchet and Clank, Spartan Total Warrior, real titans of the gaming industry. I would also like at this point to take an opportunity to thank a friend of mine, Rory Fane. Um, for allowing me around his house to play GTA Vice City before I was allowed any of the Grand Theft Auto <laughs> series. So thank you very much, Rory Fane, for uh, allowing me to come round. Eventually, though, I did convince my father to allow me to play San Andreas, which, as for many people, was a, a life-changing experience. I was blown away by the-, the depth of the narrative, the gameplay, and the sheer ridiculousness of the game as a whole. And I developed a, a certain love for Rockstar games throughout that then changed in around year six or year seven so i would have been about 12 turning 13 when a birthday present from my father was an internet connection uh and then i discovered online rpgs such as runescape um to this day i will still never forgive the guy who scammed me out of an abbey whip uh, on runescape and if you're listening fuck you okay <laughs> um but regardless i then moved on to have a hotel as well but that's an episode for another time I then figured out how to torrent and began expanding my gaming library entirely illegally. I picked up a lot of the classics. I played through Deus X, I I played through uh, a lot of the other FPS and RPG classics, but then also gained a Steam account with some Steam credit, which is when I purchased Gmod uh, and then developed a love for games that allowed player agency and creativity in creating their own experiences.
1: And you just like just like continue to suck Valve's dick. Um,
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even fucking deny
1: it. Yeah. Um, Valve, truly, if you're listening, please hire me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like Gmod for what it was, like it just it's still. I mean, it still holds up.
0: Totally, it's just so fun. Absolutely, I mean the, the yeah. thing about GMod is similar to I think what a lot of people are experiencing in Minecraft today, in the fact that you give people a relatively simple platform, and through that player agency, through giving the player that level of creativity, they will just invent their yeah. own entertainment. I played Prop Hunt, I played RP, I played um, Surf for so long, mm. uh, and I think it would be remiss as well for me to not mention Counter Strike Source as well. I spent a lot of time on Surf and Zombie Mod on Counter Strike Source. Um, I then moved on to new gen gaming which um, whilst I have had an extreme pleasure playing a lot of games on new gen gaming I still think I, I wouldn't describe a lot of my formative experiences in gaming as being new
1: gen what do you think will I would, I would agree with you um especially I mean um, so like the generation of obviously you' looking at the ps3 the Xbox 360 and the Wii in particular there, there were there were there were standout games there all incredible um, like things by themselves but again like I look at those um those years of my PlayStation 2 my game boy. Um, and I just think I there are things here that have just stuck so much mm. more in my head than stuff like Viva Piñata or like um, like Perfect Dogs. It sounds like I'm like calling out Rare in particular, who are local to Leicestershire. Uh, I'm not. Would love to be your mates, just for the record. We are looking for sponsors. Yes. Sponsors, please.
0: <laughs> okay, so that is a rather broad summary uh, of my personal experience with gaming. Mm.
1: So you've had a very um, similar uh, gaming history as i have uh it's you know it's very sort of like ps2 game boy um sort of like centric um but what are you playing right now because i'm assuming you're still like maybe on the playstation if that's the case yeah absolutely uh in fact uh at your generosity while well, i'm
0: still playing in my way through ghost of uh, tsushima at the minute oh you're very welcome um, it's, it's a really enjoyable experience uh, i think uh in terms of our thematic episodes we we probably have a, a whole lot to talk about in terms of action stealthy collectible open world games so i won't go too much into it um but truly it is an absolutely stunning game which, which, which truly does showcase what the ps5 is capable of in terms of smooth gaming i'm aware that it was a ps4 uh, original but nonetheless uh, it, it really runs incredibly smoothly on the hardware um, I really like the fighting system. I think the idea of switching between stances it is enjoyable. Some of the fights can be really sexy. Um, I, it's not as polished as God of War, uh, which is my most recent sort of action-adventure experience. Uh, and don't worry, we will do a, a whole episode shortly on God of War, which will be uh, an intense discussion, to say the least. You did that on purpose.
1: <laughs> I could see, I could see your damn eyes. You do that on purpose. You cheeky fucker.
0: But in the interest of time uh, and in the interest of expediting you into Will's section, I won't go too much uh, into detail about my thoughts on Ghost of Tsushima because it's going to be an episode for another time. But in short, that was a quick snap summary of games that have been significant to me in the past, my experience with gaming, uh, and the sort of opinions that you're going to hear from me.
1: Uh, We just want to take a quick interlude um, to thank John Fitz. Uh, John is my old boss the bar and also Harry's our boss as well oh tight John oh, oh <laughs> good old John uh, he was actually the one who su- suggested the name for the podcast uh, at one point I, I was thinking maybe like, so like you know um, princes without Persia but uh, not the princes it's just a lot nicer and it's a bit more so like well we're going to so we can be a bit more so g- g- not generic um, and people more uh, we, can, we can adapt a bit better with it. So, you know, like if you hear like, you know, princes about Persia, it's like, oh, they're probably talking about video games or like one Jake Gyllenhaal maybe from 2010, uh, which is a, a really weird thing to think about now. Obviously, like Jake Gyllenhaal was the prince of Persia. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, was he? Um, but yeah, a big thank you to John because um, we, we, we didn't even clock. Obviously, we're called Will and Harry. My full name is William, but I go, I go by Will. Um, we never thought about it at all. And here, and here we are so thank you john i appreciate yes, that and i
0: think you. that that provides a rather a graceful segue uh into our next segment will so following on from the same sort of structure that i've just been talking about we want to learn a little bit more uh, about will so will you said we've had a relatively similar upbringing and a relatively similar past in gaming but yep. i think one of the things I'd, I'd like to learn about yourself and the listeners would like to learn for you what was the first game that you would call significant
1: um so it's not even that it's good uh, i need to preface that <laughs> i need to preface it it's not a good game it's actually it's actually not very good at all um so the first game that i thought that was significant to me was toy story 2 on the game boy color um so i'm pretty sure 1999 was the release year of toy story 2 uh incredible movie and i'm not a big toy story fan but like like toy story 2 is incredible um, for me personally, and I really liked it. And my mum was like, "Oh, you know, we got a Game Boy recently, so let's uh, let's get Toy Story too. Um And my dad, like, t- uh, the, a key theme in this whole thing is that my dad is that my dad is one of my biggest supporters in life in general. Um, if he could have destroyed my Game Boy with a hammer or any kind of device, <laughs> he would. I'm sure he would. And if he and if he and if he heard this and he says, "Oh, no, I wouldn't," he's lying. <laughs> um so we are at a rugby game. It's uh, my sister's playing in a local team, uh and my dad is somewhat dejected because he thought originally uh, he will be coming to my games because um, he wanted me to be, he wanted me to play for England. Is what we say, we playfully say in the family. If that's what he actually generally wanted, oh, I feel so fucking bad. Um, I mean, wouldn't you? No, yes, yeah, fucking so what? It's, it's rubbish. Throw a ball. Where's the fun in that? I've got two buttons with A and B on it. That's we, great. That's we diverge. We diverge. We do diverge. But um, my sister's playing um, this Ruby game, and she's doing very well. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not paying attention to it i'm i'm playing toy story 2 on the game boy color in a rugby crowd and uh, my dad's like stop playing that game i say no no no, no don't do that i'll play the game and uh, if anyone knows his pain he took the game cartridge out straight away and you're supposed to power that thing down oh. and i'm sort of stood there and it's just sort of and to me that was one of the most significant points in the game for me it's like is that because i can just stop and I don't and even for the bad games, I don't want that to stop. I I enjoy just I I enjoy being quite meticulous with analysing these sort of things. I look at Toy Story to the game. A lot of the enemies in Toy Story Two the Game or Game Boy Colour are Woody. And that makes no sense to me because
0: he's woody from toys tell me a bit more about the actual game from the the very very brief memories i have was it a a platformer of some description So
1: yeah it was a it was a it was a 2d platformer. where you played as buzz Lightyear, Mm. and um so you sort of go through levels you go through scenes of of the movie and it was one of those ones where like it actually followed like the vague plot of the movie rather than having those like odd sort of sidetrack moments where you like um i don't know like in the spider-man video game on playstation 2 you meet meet the vulture Mm. obviously it never happened um it was Arguably, it's quite a short game, but there is a lot of about sort of backtracking. Not something like a Metroidvania, just two Ds, um, two D size scrolling platformer. Um, it probably, I don't know, it's probably got fans out there, but I am definitely not, <laughs> definitely not one of them. But again, like, it's it's just one of those games where, like, I think about it, I am very transported. Mm. Um, it's the same with that, and like stuff like, um, especially on the PlayStation One, Heart of Darkness. Um, which is again like a wonderful game and a very 2D sort of not necessarily like a platformer. Uh, there are platforming elements to it, but it's a 2D get to from point A to point B and it's, it's fine. It's incredible stuff to really look at these um, older games and think how far we've come. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so two really different angles there that we've taken on significance. I, I went down the Gabe Newell Valve Half Life 1 route, you went down the movie IP uh, Toy Story 2 route, which are two very valid opinions on gaming as far <laughs> yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. But let's learn a little bit more. So that
1: was one of your first significant experiences of gaming.
0: Take me on a crash course of Will Underwood in gaming.
1: Crash course. Okay, cool. So Game Boy Color, have already told you about Toy Story 2. Uh, it was the first time I experienced Rayman on the Game Boy Color. There was a port of it on there. Um, it was good. Uh, that was, again, that's how I sort of gauged who Rayman was. And Rayman's always remained like, quite prevalent in the back of my head throughout most of gaming. Um, I see those petitions without one in Smash. Um, cool. Like, I- I'm for it. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Um, but there were like, one of the first games I remember getting was Super Mario Brothers Deluxe uh, on the Game Boy Color so it's basically just original Super Mario Brothers mm. with like random little mini game stuff like little stickers and, and stuff and it's just it's it's a port of Mario um, you've, you've, if you've played one you've played them all and um, so many. I remember distinctly as well. There was a Star Wars racing game. It might just be called Star Wars Pod Racer or something like that on the Game Boy Color. It was a Rumble pack Game Boy cartridge, mm. and you put batteries in it. And that's again, like to me, that's that's still wild. I mean, you had like the N sixty four had the Rumble ca- cartridge. I that was like, the original sure. VR, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I was in the back of the car. Like, you know, like, so, like holding a very, very, ch- quite small brick. Now, if I use my gigantic hands with it uh <laughs> and it, this this noise was always sort of like and i'm like yeah cool this is this is what this is immersion <laughs> this is what i wanted the star wars game um but yeah um a lot of this um sort of stuff i got from game Boy color um was quite prevalent to me and mine was turquoise my sister got a purple one uh i got a bad color obviously but um i can't <laughs> find i don't think i can find my old turquoise game Boy color. so now i, I go home and there's this purple game Boy. Waiting for me, I'm like I'm 20, I'm 27. Like um, in a couple of weeks now, I'm like that's that's my biggest problem. Like, I can't find my Game Boy Color, but my <laughs> sister's. I know exactly where it is. Um, after that, I went to the Game Boy Advance um, so sort of straight away, I, I remember my dad didn't want me having Pokemon, similar to how mm. um, didn't want GTA. I wasn't allowed. Not that. quite comparative. I gotta be honest. Oh no, no, I wasn't allowed GTA or Pokemon. <laughs> like I was just, you know, like is there any? Own... There is that famous scene in uh, Pokemon Sapphire when you beat and kill a prostitute. Yeah, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very different kind of games. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's all gambling, really. Um, but yeah, it's it was very. It was very to me. I didn't understand. I understand more now that I'm adult. Um, even if I agree with it or I don't, uh, I got Pokémon Ruby on um, Game Boy Advance, and that's when I was like Pokémon was like right, really opened up to me, and I, I found myself getting all these old old cartridges um but apart from that there's loads of stuff on game boy Advance, like uh the crash games for example which i think i did i did have it i told you um i would just like to take a moment here as a little little sidebar to talk about a little shop uh in leicester uh the super game shack um wonderful stuff they do these uh, little slide bags of like old game boy games uh, game Boy Advance, and game boy and one of the things i got was crash bandicoot 2 um uh, it's, it's it's like end gear or something like that i, I can't remember what all right crash
0: bandicoot 2 i like it
1: yeah cool it, it was really fun um but yeah so um not long after i got game Boy Advance, a playstation 1 found itself into a house and that was when i saw it, heart of diamonds came into it cool borders cool borders 2 okay it doesn't ring a bell doesn't ring a bell uh, snowboarding game guarantee is terrible now it's no ss <laughs> it's no ss tricky or SSX on tour or Hoverblade or Hoverblade or uh, Airblade that's the one you like Airblade, to it. that's Airblade. It, it's, it's, it's Airblade I was like Hoverblade <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about um, but yeah um, there was a lot of time that's spent on the Simpsons Wrestling as well mm, um, great game had a lot a tough time beating Bumblebee man don't know why that's a really important game, gaming moment in my <laughs> life when I beat him I was like yeah. Fuck you, Bumblebee man. <laughs> um, so the, my PlayStation One era wasn't really like as prevalent as my PlayStation Two era, where I, I was opened up to stuff like JRPGs. Those are my saw like my that's my that's my niche, you know. Like uh, it's a Japanese it's RPG. I'll pretty much i yeah, if it was cornflakes for breakfast. I found myself uh, working in a charity shop um, a few years after I got a PlayStation Two, and a copy of Final Fantasy VII found its way into the shop, and I said, "I'm going to sell this now." Gonna be interested in it as i'm slowly pocketing it putting 50p in the till um and i was like yeah cool that's fine it's perfect that's mine now like don't don't at me <laughs> Damn it. this is mine now uh and like uh when, when the ps2 um when, when i got the ps2 uh with final fantasy 10 all these other final fantasies that i could now access a bit more easily it was incredible to me um i remember like i was a real big sony mascot player as well like ratchet and clank uh sly cooper uh, who doesn't get talked about enough?
0: God, Sly Cooper does not get talked Absolutely about enough. Absolutely not. So good. I mean, um, when was the last time that saw made a, a stealth platformer featuring a raccoon as the main character?
1: uh or, It was almost Ghost of Tsushima, for enough from the same producer. <laughs> you can get the armor in Ghost of Tsushima where you get like a little raccoon tail and like it's all blue and he's got like a little like cane on the headband, which is cool. Sly Cooper Easter egg. Yeah, Sly Cooper Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you by sucker punch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sponsor us, yes, exactly. Sponsor us a bunch, uh, but more in particular than just like sort of Sly Cooper March and Clank. I was a big fan of Jack and Daxter, yeah, absolutely of course, of course, so good. And uh, nothing is uh, nothing is a great transition from gaming than the first Jack and Daxter to the second because we've gone from saying you know, quite jovially like "Oh, darn" to "Ah, oh, fuck!" like in like two <laughs> seconds. So good. Um, the first game I got on the PS2 was Jack Three, and I worked my way backwards through the series. Really jarring. Wouldn't recommend doing it. Absolutely incredible, though. Um, after I got my PlayStation 2, my friends all had Xbox 360s. So I found myself getting an Xbox 360, um, which was... I had a lot of good time, um, good times on that uh, console. But was your,
0: your love of New Gen was born out of necessity rather than desire? Yeah,
1: kind of, yeah. So to play with my friends, I basically had to get an Xbox 360. But I, I wanted it. You know, Halo is incredible, obviously. Mm. Um, at the time, I think Left 4 Dead was an exclusive. I can't remember off the top of my head. But Left 4 Dead was just... Mm. Just genre-defining. Mm. It's absolutely incredible uh, thing. But um, when I was younger, uh, I I could already really play these newer consoles or these newer games when I went around to my friend. Uh, Tom's house. Shout out to Tom. Thank you for letting me play Wind Waker on your GameCube, by the way. Uh Changed my life. Really wish I had a Nintendo console that could play Zelda on much sooner. But yeah, after the Xbox 360, I ended up getting a PS4. I was dying to get one because I had Metal Gear Solid 5 and I wanted to play Metal Gear Solid on uh, sort of the platform not the platform that like, Gear side was born but like it, it went back a little bit further than that but um, to me that was where like modern Mel gear sort of really took mm, a hold mm. and that's where I've been for the past few years I've I, I, I've done I've done the steam thing you know I still get emails you know like and' <laughs> make them on isn't... your wish list is for sale and I'm like I don't I don't. My laptop isn't working.
0: You make it sound like a king. Like I've done the Steam thing. Yeah, yeah I, I done the Steam thing. I, the, Fine. I did the Steam yeah. thing when I was younger.
1: <laughs> I played. I played Don't Star. <laughs> I hate it. And yeah. uh, no, I don't. Uh, it's not a bad game at all. It's just. Uh, it's not my sort uh, th- type of thing. Uh, but I mean, my, if I was to go like for general of anyway, action adventure is always fun. I'm a big fan of puzzle games and rhythm games um, because um, I'm sort of. Like, I'm. I'm kind of knee deep in rhythm games right <laughs> now, which is really bad yeah all right that, that was
0: that was a really good sort of crash course i think on your origin with handheld moving through to first gen and then new gen consoles uh, so let, let's tie up nicely let's let's hear a couple of words from yourself what are you playing right now funnily enough
1: a rhythm game um <laughs> so i'm a big fan of the persona series which is another jrpg born uh, on the playstation moved to the playstation 2 persona 4 in particular is considered one of the greatest games of all time um, it's a very sort of dark RPG about like murder mystery and they ta- tackle some very adult themes for something that's got a very sort of anime rather cartoonish aesthetic um, which is not helped by the sequel which isn't an actual RPG it's a dancing game called Persona 4 Dancing All Night um, it, you play remixes of the tracks from the games I can't even say this So you play remixes of the tracks from the games and you dance to we them we just lost all our sponsors yeah it's fine it's fine it's, it, it's anime people dancing it's fine <laughs> It's fun. It's not weird. It's not weird to go from murder to triangle X triangle. Like you know, that like, it's it's fine. Um, I've been. It's been honestly, it's been quite therapeutic. I I really enjoy rhythm games. Don't yeah. laugh at me. It's a very serious thing. One v one me on Guitar Hero. <laughs> right. Um, I, I it's very ther- very ther- therapeutic for me. I enjoy music as much as well. Um, I mean, I I, I listen to a lot of gaming soundtracks, which is probably really bad sorry um, sweetie
0: i'm listening to the resident evil 4 ost yeah exactly
1: yeah i'm saving thank you um yeah uh, the advent of um having a switch and um, still like super smash brothers giving you like a lot of music quite quickly has unfortunately kind of ruined uh, a lot of music listening for me because now i listen to like i'm like oh what's that stage music from smash bros uh, i'll just put that on and i'll be like i'm not in the shower like with the switch propped up. <laughs> But I, ha- I there have been a few times where. What you doing in the showers, your business, brother? You know yeah, we're not fine. here to discuss that. Yeah, we're all about game, games. that I'm playing in the shower, and it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Dance 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 of your night and Smash Bros. Apparently.
0: Well, thank you very much, Will. I think that was a, a really good, sharp summary uh, over the course of the last half an hour or so of content uh, of both the games that we were brought up on, the games that we're playing at the minute, and the kind of games that we're into. So we're going to move on to our next segment where we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about what the plan for this series is and what the structure of the rest of our episodes is going to look like. Okay, Will, if you can just round up uh, our first episode by telling the listeners how's it going to look over the next few months.
1: All right, cool. So uh, we're going to try and release an episode every month um, with the possibility of bonus episodes in between because obviously we understand that waiting a month to listen to our sultry tones is <laughs> quite quite a long time um but we do um we do have an idea of what we're gonna do for at least our first episode and it's gonna be God of War. It's gonna be a critique of God of War, and that'll be out on the twenty eighth of May. Um, so we have a lot of time, obviously, to like gather our intel and like you know form arguments because Harry um, Harry's very fond of God of War, as am I. But we do approach it from very different viewpoints, which is which honestly, like with this kind of format as well, and the way we talk in general, um, it's gonna be absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, I'm, I'm personally, I'm very excited to talk about it because I don't get to talk about that particular game um, a lot because a lot, not a lot of people that I uh, talk to, you. Like, I have played it very much but I know that you have just gone in on Absolutely, it.
0: absolutely uh, and hopefully by all means uh, assuming that our production schedule has gone as we have planned, you should be listening to this on or around the 28th of April, um, so our, our episodes are going to be released on the 28th of each month up to November uh, with a break for December uh, and I think I'd like to round up to a clean finish to our episode at this point um, by saying thank you thank you if you've got this far for listening to us ramble on about something that we are both deeply deeply passionate about um well do you want to follow up on that
1: yeah uh, i'm just i'm very thankful i can do uh, i'm very thankful i can do this in general especially with you um absolutely it's wonderful when eventually we have our sort of youtube style breakdown argument uh, i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be really fun i can't wait to not talk to you for a little while and come <laughs> back and like so like 2028 20, and it's like it's back and my mum and your mum and my dad and your dad still are still the only people who are listening. Um, <laughs> but if you are listening um, from. As somebody who isn't my family i'm very i'm very grateful and, and so is harry We've, we're both very grateful that you've taken the time to um listen to us and what we think about these sort of things and uh if you are uh, somebody who also has maybe shares the same opinions as us or even different ones uh we are always open to just hear about those sort of opinions like tell us talk to us um because obviously like we appreciate um when this sort of stuff goes around social media and on that note uh, I will uh, include links to our social media. Uh, we obviously we always appreciate a share. Um, we are sort of just doing this off our software own backs right now. It's just something we like to talk about. We're just uh, essentially what we're doing right now is just we're hanging out and talking about video games and we're recording it for you. Um, and for us, that's that's more than enough. It's just it's it's enough to have this sort of space to talk, especially. Uh, I'm just I'm really excited for the rest of this. Whatever whatever we're doing here, you yeah. know, it's it's fun uh we we do we do hope to obviously like uh, release little bits in between these episodes if we can i'm sure we'll we'll find the time but as far as official episodes go we're going to do one a month yeah absolutely and just to round off the evening we
0: hope that wherever you are wherever you're listening uh that you and yours are safe uh and well uh, especially with the events that have been transpiring over the past year and a half uh, and thank you so much for listening and fundamentally good night Fantastic, and thank you to Raid
1: Shadow Legends for not sponsoring this.